Here we go. Welcome to Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines, and with me tonight, I have Leslie Lee and Terry Saleh. Hey, ladies. Good evening. Hey, good evening, Tracy. Hi, Leslie. How are you? Great. Same here. I am fantastic. I am fantastic. I kind of miss you guys. I know you were here last week, and we were out on the beach being silly, having drinks, and just kind of enjoying some free time. But uh, I definitely miss you this week, no doubt. Yeah, I How is the... last weekend. Yeah. yeah, last weekend was fun. It was a lot of fun. How's the weather there in D.C. and Maryland? You rainy still? Uh, pretty much. It, it didn't rain today, but it rained a lot um, yesterday. I got caught in the rain. You know, it's the season, rainy season, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Same here. It's rainy season. Well, um, I don't know if you ladies knew, a few weeks ago, um, I interviewed a woman that wrote a book. And when I read the book, it it just jumped out at me. And it has a lot to do with um, her experiences in life and the things that have been going on. Um, So I invited her back because when I did the show last time, my recording was dead. I got nothing. So she was gracious enough to accept so I'm gonna. I'm happy that you guys are here, so you can listen to some of this and interject. So let me just give her a proper introduction. Her name is Adia Kamaria, a great lover of history who was proud of her Jamaican heritage. Was born in Chicago, Illinois, and grew up in Miramar, Florida. Adia earned a bachelor's degree in business administration from Florida International University and a master's of arts in marketing management from Middlesex University in London. She is an avid reader and writer. Adia has published two books so far. Um, a novel, Anna's Magic, followed by her memoir, Yellow Tulips and Red Buses, which reaccounts her interesting experiences living and studying in London as a 30-something single woman. How are you, Adia? I'm fine, Tracy. How are you? And hello and to well. the other ladies. Hi, hello. Adia. How Hi. are you, Adia? I'm well. Just getting over a cold, but all is well outside of that. Yes, yeah, that's good. I'm glad you're getting over it and not just starting it, you know. So it's uphill from here. Yeah, it's been so rainy, when I read your book, rainy, rainy, rainy. Yeah, yeah, the rain doesn't doesn't do any good for that cold. Not at all. Not at all. Um, when I read your book um, from the beginning, it, it spoke to me. You know, the story opens up with this character named Gavin, and and I think most every woman I know knows a Gavin, has a Gavin had a Gavin, or will eventually meet a Gavin before it's all said and done. So can you tell me a little bit about Gavin and how he came to be? Well, Gavin came to be, I actually met Gavin when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And we we went to middle school together, we went to high school together, and it was kind of one of those like, well, we dated, and then we went to the prom together, and we kind of, and we somehow always kept circling back to each other. Mm-hmm. And the last time we did, it was explosive. It was, I mean, because we had changed so much. We were we were really adults by that time. He had a child with someone else by that time. There was just a lot more things that made it complicated. So instead of it just being fun, it was it was dramatic. Um, so he was a person that I that I loved at that time, and I wanted to be with, and thought I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. I thought he knew me more. Well, he probably did know me better than anyone else, just because we had known each other so long. But in hindsight, I see that he was 
he was the person that, that revealed me to me. Like, not him, but the experiences that I had with him were what really changed me and made me better for everyone after. So when you say explosive, that's not a good explosive, no? Um, Good and bad. <laughs> it was good and bad. Good and bad okay. explosive. We were we had really passionate arguments, but then we would have a lot of fun. We would, I mean, it was it was just everything was very extreme. It was it was never really calm and just you know being together. Well, for so many years, you and Gavin were together. So what happened that it, it couldn't be? You mean over like from from the time that we we met in middle school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you well, kept circling middle- back. Well, in middle school, I mean, like we were children. And in high school, we kind of dated in high school. We went to the prom. And then after high school, I moved away. I went to New York. And then that kind of caused a separation. So then when I came back, we were connected again. And then it was just like we, we, we sort of just lost touch. It was like we were dating but not really serious because he was in college. I was also in college. And, and I think we were just sort of having fun. But we we both still thought about each other. And then when Facebook became popular, that's how we found each other again. And then when that's we found it. each other again in our mid twenties, it was like, okay, we're doing this again. It was just, life was just really different by that time. And it just didn't work out because I think in the end, there was a lot of things that we both did that, that were just not going to make it work. It just wasn't going to happen. Some of what you read in the book. Some of what you right. probably Some read in the book. Read. I'm gonna read I'm gonna read an insert which I, I found um interesting. It says my heart was heavy by morning. I realized that I had shared all my fears, regrets, and pains with Gavin in hopes that he would fix me. I wanted to say I wanted him to save me, to love me so much that the misery I was carrying would disappear. I had it all wrong. That wasn't Gavin's responsibility. I was the only one who could change that. So when I read that, you know, the first thing I thought is like, what misery are you carrying at at such a young age? Well, what I didn't put in the book was I had dealt with a lot of, I dealt with sexual abuse and molestation and stuff when I was growing up. And for some Mm -hmm. reason, with Gavin and that relationship, every time he did something that hurt me, if I cried, I didn't cry I didn't feel like I was crying about what happened between us. It's like I would go in my room, I would I would kind of like go into my covers, I would ball up and and I would cry, but I would be crying about stuff that happened when I was a child. I would literally I get like flashbacks and see things and remember things that happened to me as a child. So eventually I started to, you know, it started to hit me that yeah, you have problems with him, but you have some of your own things that you need to work out. And a a part of me, I think I, I talked to him about it in a way that I never talked to anyone else about it. And I, I wanted him to sort of say something or do something that would make those feelings go away because I, I, I thought that he should do that. He was my, my boyfriend or, you know, like I, I was in love with him. I thought he loved me. And, and I just, I just felt like he could fix it, especially right, right. since it would always come up when something happened between us, but he couldn't. Um, and I mean, I even told him that I, I would say to him, like, you know, well, why aren't you saying anything when I would talk to him? Because sometimes I would talk to him and just tell him, like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm remembering when this person did this to me, when that happened. And he kind of just didn't have anything to say. Like, he, he would never be able. He, he couldn't help me. And I eventually went to I, what, I saw a therapist. What did it, what did it mm-hmm. take for you to realize that um, the only person that could could change that was you? 
what what is, what what events took place that made you realize that? Because well, people hold on to those old things for so long. One of the things that happened help. is that I ended up seeing someone. So so all of this is I don't want to say it's coincidental because I think it all happened the way it was supposed to happen. So one thing mm-hmm. was is that I someone that um so my family's Jamaican like you said in my bio. And I would visit Jamaica a lot during the summers, Jamaica and London, where a lot of my family, my father's family lives in Jamaica. A lot of my mother's family lives in London. So I had a cousin in Jamaica that would molest me in the summer and he died. And I remember, and he died while I was with Gavin. And I remember feeling like I'm never going to get a chance to, to confront him. And, you know, and now he's dead. So I was, that was like really, really bothering me. And then I ran into someone, another person who molested me at home, who he lived in Jamaica. He was a family friend of ours, of my family's, but he would come and visit us. And when he would come and visit us, no one knew that like he would come into my room at night and he would touch me, he would do all these things. I hadn't seen him since I was a teenager and I ran into him. Like, he doesn't live here. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he, I mean, I don't even know where he lives. And I saw him and it just brought like everything to the forefront. And I just had this burning feeling that, I have to say something to him. Like, I can't let him disappear and not say something to him, too, like my cousin did. Like, my cousin died, and I wasn't able to say it. You know, I was never able to confront my cousin. But now here he is, like, after almost 15 years, and he he doesn't even live here as far as I know. But then I saw him at a family friend's house just out of the blue. I just stopped stopped by, and he was there. And, and I just I started to tremble. It, I started shaking. Like, it was it was almost surreal. But there was just something right. inside me. And plus, by then, I had been seeing a therapist, and she encouraged me to confront the people that hurt you. She's, she's like, you know, if, if you feel these things and, and you can find these people, it would do you some good to just confront them. So you know, you don't know this, how they're... This person mm-hmm. kind of helped you realize that you were going to have to take control of your own healing? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have yeah. been able to handle that. I don't know how I would have handled I, that. I mean, I confronted him. <laughs> there was mm-hmm. a lot of tears on my end, and there was a lot of, I mean, it was painful, but it lifted that off of me. It was, it was, it was gone from that point on. To this day, right. I, I don't think I think about it anymore. I mean, like now that I'm talking about it right now, I can, you know, I can say it, but it's not something that I think about, or if I get hurt for one reason or another, it doesn't come back up. It's just, and I think it was seeing him. It was because that was my, my therapist kept telling me that you have to confront these people. And I'm like, but they're not here. I don't know where half of them are anymore. And then, so when I saw him, it was like, oh, wow, this is my chance. Like I I have to do this. Like if I, if I don't, if I don't do it, then I'm going to regret that I saw him and I didn't do it. And that's just maybe. And part of when you confronted that person, the second person, did he mm-hmm. give you the response that you were looking for? Or it's not really. Matter. Just an apology. Just sorry. Mm-hmm. That but was it. Apologize. But I mean, yeah, just sorry. But for me, it was it was it, it just made me feel so strong to be able to to actually say it and to. And did people witness this, or you pulled this person no. to the side? No, no, no. It was in. It was. It was actually over the phone. Like I, because I acted oh, like okay. nothing was wrong right there, where people, you know, when people were there. And then oh, I just God. was like, "Oh, well, can I call you?" And you know, and it, it just seemed like, you know, I'm trying to keep in touch with my uncle because he was like, a, he was like an uncle. He was like, a, he's a family friend. Right, a close family friend that was named or dubbed uncle when he wasn't uncle. Right. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I saw this so even, video that went viral on mm-hmm. social media, and this young lady confronted uh, an abuser at a funeral. And it started oh, wow. off like that saying, I'm just like trying to keep in contact with her uncle, and she went for broke. Now, I don't know what happened afterwards because the video went off, but it seemed cleansing for her. I don't know how everybody it, else it, it. It really... For me, it really was. I, I would I would definitely suggest to anyone, whether even if it's not sexual abuse, if someone has wronged you and it scarred you to the point that it's messing up other relationships, right. then you I, I think it, it'll do so much good for you to confront the person. Regardless, even if they say they don't care, you know, even if they're like, well... I didn't do anything to you or like I, I think it'll do you good just to just to get it out, just to face it. I I, I could not imagine that. That that's tough. That's very tough. You're very brave. So as I continue <laughs> reading this book, I realize that Gavin is or was the love of your life. Well, at the time I was reading, I thought he was mm-hmm. the love of your life. The man of mm-hmm. your dreams and everything you wanted in a man, except that he would not commit. Mm-hmm. Um, he would bring you to the brink of a commitment only to burst your bubble, leaving you heartbroken. So I mm-hmm. could tell in the reading that you loved Gavin. But suddenly, you know, as I continued to read, you packed up your things and you went to the other side of the world. Yeah. And I don't know how you leave someone that you claim to love, not saying that you <laughs> didn't, but how do you do that? I mean, what 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 comes? Well, you just pack up your things, and you're from Chicago, you got to Miramar, and now you live in London. How does that happen? Well, it was a series of things. Um, so all this stuff was happening at the same time. It was the heart. It was the 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 pain of going through this relationship with Gavin. There was um, you know, confronting this person who had done all this to me, and also losing my cousin and not being able to confront him. My mom had passed away. My great-grandmother passed away. I hated my job. There was just a lot. There was a lot of things that I felt like I wanted to get away from. Mm-hmm. And a part of me felt felt that leaving wouldn't change anything because it's, you know, I'm I'm still me. Like, like I'm not going to change no matter where in the world you put me. But I did think that it would do me some good for just to have a change of scenery. And right. As far as Gavin is concerned, when you say, how could I leave him? I felt like I needed to, like I needed to be away from him, that maybe being 4,000 miles away where there's absolutely no way. I think I even said it in the book, like this is not New York or Atlanta where it's like a $200 ticket and a couple hours on a plane. It's like, this is, I'm going to really be away. And I just think I needed that. I felt so broken that it didn't even it didn't matter especially mm-hmm. when i told him that i was leaving and he didn't seem to care it was like okay well there you go it's time for you to go and then as far as going to london i mean i have a lot of family there i used to visit london also growing up because none of my mother's family lives in miami she's from jamaica moved to chicago she didn't like the cold weather so she came here but my grandmother lives in chicago and then a lot of my mom's other family they live in london because when they left jamaica they went to london so i was familiar with london from visiting okay. like over the years and through my childhood and stuff. And so it just seems I just I just wanted to go. I wanted to get away. <laughs> and it and it worked. It it really did. Like I that is one of the best experiences I ever had in my life for so many different reasons. That's fantastic. I don't know any women that are that strong, you know. I I don't think I could I do it. I don't think I could do it. It's important to know that if you love somebody 
you love them enough to let them go or to go away from them because mm-hmm. by staying there, it's stifling. If neither part mm-hmm. is growing. So you're going to miss yep. me when I'm gone. I feel you. I like that. Mm-hmm. Make them mm-hmm. miss you. Yeah, it was it was it was refreshing. It I thought I would I mean, I did miss him, but I had reached the point where there was no denying what this was anymore. It was that, you know, you don't you don't want the same thing that I do. You know, mm-hmm. I think I I tried to rationalize it for so long and I and I would make excuses and and everything made a little bit of sense, but by the time I actually went to London, it was like, okay, you're too smart to keep on doing this. Like you, you know, this isn't going anywhere. So don't, don't keep yourself from a great experience. What could be a great experience for something that, you know, year after year is, you know, it's the same thing. We keep going back and forth and round and round. Right. I mean, I'm going to read another insert, which gives a perfect example of that. It says, um, he talked to me about marriage, even looked at a rings with me online, but never proposed. And after the first six months, he refused to make plans with me in advance because he was just a last-minute person, in quotations. I don't care. He was like that Gwen Stefani song. He really loved me underneath it all. He's a banker. I'm a writer. We were real life, Carrie and Big, and they got married in the end. So, I mean, early on, you had hope. You had hope and dreams. <laughs> I and, did. And I, I, <laughs> I did. I did. And that that's what I mean. I would rationalize it. Like, in my mind, right. it, it always, you know, it was like, I just wanted to believe him. Like, I wanted everything that he said to be true. And I wanted, I just, I just wanted it so bad that I, I don't know. I think I just fooled myself. You know, at first, it's like, okay, well, maybe. But after years, it was like, okay, come on. Like, you're not, you're not that blind. Like, it's time to let this go. And if, if letting it go means going to London, because I wanted a master's, I know that I wanted a master's degree. So right. it was like, okay, it's, it's cheaper in London. There's the adventure that you could have, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to be in London. So you're, you're close to all these other European cities, like just go. And that's well, well, let's talk about the adventures for a second, because I also read that when you got to London, it was more like a goodbye for good, Gavin. Hello, Middlesex University, Rashid, Adam, Nasir, David. Yeah, I was um, dating. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. That is all right. So I was dating because. No, you. Can. No, I'm just saying I was dating because I. It's like I got there and I felt like I don't have any negative attachments to this city. Like here, when I was at home before I left, everything I saw reminded me of Gavin. Every like it was just like everything was him. Even my high school, even you know, even some of my own family. It was just like no, I want to get out of here. So when I got to London, it was brand new. It was like I mean, not not brand new. I mean, I'd been there before, but I met so many new people and right, I just. Right. So you were indulge. able to switch off and get to know Rashid and, and Adam and Nasir mm-hmm. and David. Are any of these guys, were they anything like Gavin? Like, did you get caught up in getting over there in London and decide, you know, you're looking for somebody and mysteriously you're dating a Gavin, only think his name is Rashid, or were these guys all different? I think Nasir it was, was a little bit like Gavin. Mm-hmm. Um, he was younger than Gavin. He was younger than me. But I think Nasir was was like him. I mean, they, he, he did similar things cause he, 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 <laughs> he even did the whole not making plans thing after a while, like, you know, too far in advance. And, 
but it was just so much easier to get over him. It was like, okay, well, now here here we go with the games. All right, here we buy. <laughs> it was much right, easier right. to get over him, but but he was like Evan Ed Rashid. Adam and David, I think I'm, I might have gone out with them once or twice. I don't even think I ever went out with David. I don't think we even got that far because he he started the the I, I want to say I guess foolishness early, you know, early making plans game, and right. then breaking plans and then not showing up, and so we never even went out. David was a little bit crazy. Did I just say David? Not David. Adam was a little bit crazy, which you you see in the book what my experience was with Adam. <laughs> And then Rashid, right, right. I did get to know a little bit, but Rashid, that just didn't work. And that was another thing that was just like, what is wrong with you, Adia? Why do you keep liking the wrong people? Well, why do we blame ourselves as women? I'd like to know that. Why do we blame ourselves for um, someone else not being true? You know, you're being true, and they're playing games. So how is that your fault? You know, I don't know why that works that way. Mm. I guess it's not, but I think Rashid was someone that was like a red flag person. And I just I don't know. But I mean Rashid was Rashid was like no harm. It was like we we went out a couple times, we had fun, we you know, but it did hurt when you see what happens in Scotland with I'm sure you read that in the book. That right. that right. hurt. And and the, and my hurt wasn't so much about him because I wasn't in love with him or anything. It was more about me. It was like it was kind of that what's wrong with me? Like why doesn't he like me in the mm-hmm. way that I like him? Like because I was starting to like him. And then once we got to Scotland, like everything changed, and it was just kind of like okay, he's gone now. But what's wrong with me? That's that that's how I felt about Rashid and Scotland. Can I it's say crazy. something? I think for Please. women, it's easy to blame yourself or try to start with you where when the problem may be other people. The, the reason why is because you're the common denominator. Exactly. You're, you're in these relationships. Yeah. And, and I, and I right. put myself there. Like, I'm the common denominator when things yeah. don't, or it's a repeated habit or a repeated pattern. I have to look at myself at some point. Why does this keep happening this way? I'm in this situation, and it keeps coming to me. Am I attracting this? Mm-hmm. You're, you're the common denominator. Yeah, that's true. So it's easy to believe that, you know, it's got to be something wrong with me. And in some cases... Or something I'm doing. Yeah. It yeah, might be I, something that you're I don't doing. Think, um, I don't think you should call it blame, but more just kind of like self-evaluation. You know, if you're mm-hmm. the person that... If you're the woman that says she's in control of her life and certain things keep repeating themselves, it's not more, it's not blame, but let me evaluate this. Let me see what it is that I can do so this this doesn't happen again so that I can mm-hmm. really be in control of what happens to me. And, you know, I'm in charge, so I, right. I wouldn't let say me, blame, Tracy. I think it's let me really do some self-reflection and some evaluation. I agree. Okay. And, and I think, and, 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 go ahead. No, I mean, I, I got to that point eventually where I sort of evaluated my relationship with Gavin to see, <laughs> not to, to make my relationship with him better, but I tried to reach, re- I just went back to look at everything that I probably did and how many times, if any, I had done that with other people and how it may be, I don't want to say sabotaging, but how it may be affecting my relationships because I'm not sure which one of you said it, but I, I, I actually said that to myself one day that I'm the common denominator here. I am 
going through this over and over and over, and it has to be, I have to take some responsibility for it. Is it, there, is it either something I'm doing or something I'm accepting or something I'm not doing, or it, it just, it, it has to be me. Right, right. Oh, gosh, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. I, too, struggle on levels like that where, you know, things happen, the same thing over and over and over again. And when I do take inventory and look, sometimes for me it's just that I'm too easygoing and I'm too trustworthy. But do you change those characteristics in yourself? You know, do you, do you, do you then go out to not trust people? You know, and do you then have to become this hard, rough edge? You know, where do you find the balance in that? that that's, I think, where I struggle right now. Where I asked myself that before. And I asked myself that. that. And, and no, I decided not to. I'm just going to be who I am because it's too hard trying to be something you're not. Like, you know, like following rules for relationships to me just doesn't work. Like, I, I don't really think there's any, there's any way you can be but yourself. You know, it's it's like you can't, you can't wait 90 days for something or you can't, you know, <laughs> not go out to certain places on the first date, or I just think that just just being you, and then when when someone will love you for for who you are, love and respect the person that you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tracy, I can't see you going from the fun-loving person that you are, loving life, loving people, loving meeting people, to being more. Uh, I'm gonna calculate. I'm gonna you know plan this yeah. out, and I'm gonna. That's just not who you are. So Leslie yeah. has said it several times, be you, do you, and the right cards will fall into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. That, know, that's kind of said something to me that what? messed me all the way up. We were what? talking about relationships, and he made a comment. He was like, men don't want to commit. And that messed me up. Because I have a lot of girlfriends that are in relationships or trying to find relationships, and to hear a man say that, and I don't know the perspective of all men. I'm just having a conversation with my husband, so I'm assuming that he's talking to other men in some kind of capacity. And 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 I hate to think that that's the gameplay that's out there. Like men are really not wanting to commit at all. I wonder why. I don't know. That messed me up. Now I'm like. Okay, I got to talk to some other men because that—that's my husband's perspective. But I want to hear it from other men. Is that really the case? Because they well, I think it's a secret because I've been after you. Yeah, I I think it's a secret, Leslie. I've been trying to round up some guys to come and kind of talk about this, but they kind of want to be a little hush. (laughs) Yeah, they're a little hush mouth. So, but I'm gonna keep working at it until. I find I find it. So he said that, huh? He he. This is recent, Les, right? This is recent. We were talking, you know, we were having a conversation, and I'm losing you a little bit, Les. I don't know. Oh, I'm in my bedroom. I'm sorry. Okay, we were talking about relationships, and and I was telling him some of the things that I discussed with some of my friends, and he was like, "Some of the problem is is that men don't want to commit." I mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what they they don't want they don't want to say they're committed, they don't want to be committed, but they want everything that goes along with the commitment. But the thing that hurts certain... more than anything is that after you go to your office one relationship, they're gonna commit to somebody else. Yeah. I think and that's yeah. just I think I, I, I came to that conclusion that like with at least with Gavin it was 
when he finds that person, he will commit to her. It's just not me. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I think that I think that all men are good to who they want to be good to. Correct. And they they may seem like they don't want to commit. They may say they don't want to, but the person that they will commit to, I mean, she'll find them one day, or he'll find her. Because even right. my husband he, now, a lot of people were shocked that we got married because they just thought he was never going to commit to anyone. And you were the right huh. one. And like, you were the right one we for met. <laughs> Yeah, we met, and he proposed to me a year later. It's just, I, I really think it, you know, when they find that person, they will do what they need to to keep that person in their life. Like, I... I, I, they may think they don't want to commit until they find that person, that person that makes them want to commit. And, I mean, they, they might do all kinds of other stuff once they commit, but that's another story. But, um, exactly. <laughs> did you meet your husband before or after London? I met my husband after London. I met my husband a year after I got back from London. So I got back in London in, I got back from London in December... December, just before January, like around the holidays in okay. 2013. And I actually, okay. I met my husband in 2015. So I met him, yeah, a little more than a year, like a year and a few months after. I met him after I got back. So he was like, he was what I wanted, actually. Like he was, I was saying to myself that the, like the next person that I have a relationship with, I want them to be someone that I don't know. I don't want it to be like, you know, we've known each other since high school or we used to date back in the days and we ran into each other. I just want to meet someone completely new where we can just get to know each other from scratch. There's no, you know, we don't have any history. We don't, and, that, and that's exactly what he was. I didn't know mm-hmm. him at all. He didn't know me at all. And we met. Had he read your book? He read my book when we first started dating. So... Uh-huh. Before we were actually in a relationship, he I think that I think before he asked me out on a date, like the, he texted me like a couple of days before we were supposed to go out for the first time, and he's like, "I'm reading your book." I I, I googled you and found you on Amazon, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." And that was one of the things that I was always afraid of. Writing that book, I was I, I thought about it like, how would my future husband think? You know, like what would he think of me after reading this? But then it was like, well, you might not even have a future husband. Like, you know, you may never get married. Right, So right, right. You know, like, act as if, you know, act for today. And today you're not married. So write it and publish it. And then, you know, if anyone has a problem with it, they're not the person for you. So he read it. He asked me a lot of questions. And we had some really honest conversations. He asked a lot about Gavin because I think he was just, he thought, he's like, well, are you really over this guy? Like, you were really in love with him. And I'm like. Yeah, I mean, reading this book, it doesn't seem like you could ever get over Gavin. That Gavin was, you know, he's just a man. He could call you tomorrow and you'd be like, yes, you wrote something. You were like a trained dog or something like that you wrote in here. No, yeah, I did write that. But no, because he still used to call me when I first met my husband. He used to still call me and text me. Of course he did. And. Even before I met my husband, he, like, when I wasn't in a relationship, but I wasn't with him, like, when I got back from London, because when I got back from London, he did, like, the worst thing in the world to me, and that was really, like, my my final straw, because I came back from London for him. That's what's not in the book either. Like, he pretty, he, he, he asked me to come back, because at that point, I didn't want to come back. I was having the time of my life. I was trying to figure out how I could get citizenship, how I could get a job. I was like, I don't want to go back to America. I'm loving it here. I just want to stay for a little bit longer. I almost started a PhD program just so I could stay. And he asked me to come home 
he asked me to come home early, and he's like, I just don't want to spend the holidays without you. Like, you know, this is going to be weird for you not to be here on Christmas, all this stuff. All the things so, that you need to hear. All the yeah. things that you need to hear. Uh-huh. So I come back here, and we're having a good time. He was, he, we spent Christmas together, like, at my, at my, at one of my mom's cousin's house, and we had a really, the holidays were great. And then the day right. after New Year's, we went to eat at Houston's, I remember very clearly. And then he says to me, um, he's like, I rented a house because he had sold his house while I was in London. And he was staying with his mom when I came back from London. So, like, I would always go to his mom's house and stuff. And so he's like, I rented a house. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But something just seemed weird. I'm like, well, why is he telling me that? Like, it's a bad thing. (laughs) Right, right, right. So then he said, um, and, you know, I've been talking to Simone's mom. Simone is his daughter's mother. And I'm like, okay, you've been talking to Simone's mom, and and she really thinks that Simone and I should, like, get back together and try to make it work for his daughter. And I was just like, and the only thing I said to him and I, is I like, came back to London for this. <laughs> right, and I, and I just said, I said, well, I need you to do that. And he looked really shocked. He was like, what do you mean? I said, I need you to move into this house. I need you and Simone to live there. And I need you to try to have a family with her and just leave me alone. And I was like, this is it. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Because it was just like, it hurt so much that it was just like, this This has to be the end. Like, you know, like I came back here. I really wanted this to work. You brought me back here. Like you bought a plane ticket right. for me to come home early. And you spent Christmas right, with right, me. Right. And, and I'm like, well, why? And he's And he said, well... I rented the house. The house, I've had it for like two months now. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, why aren't you living there? Why am I still going to your mother's house if you have this house that you rented for two months? And he's like, because it's empty because I can't bring myself to furnish it. I just like, because I can't imagine like just. You see, that's bizarre. I'm, that is just so bizarre. I mean, like, I don't know why you would go through the, the efforts of insisting that I come back, I come back, and then you turn around and you, you do this. No, well, what you know, he said, Tracy, is that. He said that he said I he's like can you just please give me a year so I can prove to her and her family that we're not meant to be together and I was like no oh, give sure. you a year yeah, I'll no. just sit around and wait around and then what happens when you are meant to be together oops sorry to make you wait you know it's crazy. I was like you you're gonna and I said so I don't I don't get this and he's like I just can't it's just really hard for me and then it was just really at that point and and I kind of because at then at that point I started to look at him differently I started to look like you're not even a like you're not it's hard for me to really respect you as a man because if you're going to tell me that you're going to rent a house and you're going to live with her because her mom wants you to, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. You all don't live together now. <laughs> you didn't live together the whole time before I went to London. So you're trying to tell me that her mother is the reason that you're going to live with her? I don't believe yeah, it's that. Little, it's a little crazy. I don't, yeah, I'm like, I don't believe you. Like, I, if you. If that's what you want to do, I need you to go and do that and leave me alone. So let me ask you for not letting him for not letting him straddle the fence. Good for you. Yeah, no, not at that point. At that point, (laughs) give him that year, give him ten years, and look how much time you've wasted. Mm Mm-hmm. But I just thought, like, the audacity of you to ask me to wait a like you've taken so many years from my life. Right, right. And now you want me to give you another one? (laughs) Right. Right. And and, and it was just, to me, it was like, what kind of man are you? Like, you you say you want to be with me, but then you 
I just it didn't make sense to me. But then you're gonna do this for her mom, and at that point it was like I'm not even attracted to you anymore. Like I don't like you anymore. Like I just need you right. to go. How can right? I can't like that. So yeah. Um, now you're married, and yes. did you what? What changes did you make within yourself? I know I understand the London trip would probably change a lot of things just organically and naturally. But was there any one thing that you did differently? when you entered this relationship with your now husband so that you wouldn't repeat another um, Gavin situation? Well, the the biggest thing I think is that I wasn't carrying the baggage of the molestation from my childhood. That was okay. like cleansed and gone. So if I had an issue when, when my husband and I have issues now and even before we were married, it was it was just that. It was what was happening between us. I didn't fall into like a depression because that's what I did in past relationships or well I was in when I was with Gavin it was things would happen between us and then it would take me back to my childhood and I would be I would become depressed I would be in a really dark place for a while um Mm -hmm. you know like that place where I don't want to get out of bed I don't want to take a shower I mean it was so bad once that like my my boss at work was like I don't know what's going on with you but just stay home until you're better and wow so having that gone was a it it made all the difference in the world. Like so, so, so you having were like born that again, gone, it felt like it. Off. Yes, it did. Yeah. It felt like it. So having that gone was huge. And then the second thing I committed to was just being authentically me. You know, I was gonna be me all the time. If I wanted to say something, I would say it. If I wanted to, you know, do something, I would do. It. And just just being myself because I think for a Heart. For a little while, I, I I got caught up in well, what does he what does he want me to be? You know, like maybe mm-hmm. maybe I'm not what he mm-hmm. wants. So how can I make myself that person? You know, like what that can was I that do trained to make dog like that you, That was that yeah. trained dog that you was you spoke about. You know, you said and it was like no I more that like dog responding to my master. I responded that I was okay and told him I was I missed him too. You know, that's deep. That is very deep because I'm sure there's a lot of women. Operating in that kind of mode. yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, that was and that was definitely me. So out. fantastic. Yeah, I have a question. Hmm. So let me ask you a question because I want to prove my theory. <laughs> Did your current husband share with you the moment he knew that you were the one? How how? How soon oh, no, after meeting you did he know? <laughs> Go when you when I talk to you again. He said no. What he said. He did said not. No. He didn't tell me. Um, I was really surprised when we when he proposed to me. I thought I knew something was up, but I thought he was planning a surprise party for me. I honestly did, as he was asking all these questions and like confirming my sister's number and you know, my grandmother's, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I I really thought because it was close to my birthday and I had been hinting at having a party. I'm like, I never had a party before. I never had a birthday party. And I really wanted a birthday party. So I'm like, oh, he's planning a surprise party for me. But he proposed to me and I was, I mean, I was like, I, I, it was the, I didn't expect it. I mean, I knew we were in a good place and I knew that I loved him and I, I was happy, but I just, did you know he loved you? Did you know he loved you or were you? Yes. Yeah, I, I knew that he loved me. And and the only reason why I say I I knew that he loved me only because there was never I don't know how to put this. I guess with with in past relationships, I I would get those feelings of doubt like 
you know, the, the, the not confirming plans and breaking plans. He made me feel like a priority. And I think mm-hmm. that went a long way for me. It was, it was, he was mm-hmm. always, you know, he included me in everything and he never made me, he, I just never felt like there was like anything was lacking. I never felt like he was hiding anything. I never, he was just very open with me from the very beginning, right. from the very first date that we went on from the very, he was just very, he was very open and he was very concerned with me. He always checked on me and like he made a big deal out of my birthday. And, and so I, I felt loved. See, my theory is I heard from a, from years ago a girlfriend, her brother said that men know right away and really? there's no reason to waste your time. If he's not committing, if he, you know, if it's going on two, three, four, five years, that's a waste of time because men know right away who's the one. And so I'm I will ask curious him. if he ever mentioned when he knew that you were the one. I can tell you one thing about a month after our first date, because we met, we met at work. So Mm -hmm. we met at work, I want to say in like November, 2014. And our first date wasn't until March, 2015. And so we would talk at work and kind of chit chat and stuff like that, but never, he didn't work. He just, he had an office in the building that I worked in. So we didn't work for the same company. So I didn't see him every day. But we would see each other like once or twice a week. Like he would come there and mm-hmm. leave and like, you know. So we we went on our first date in March and then my birthday's in April. And my birthday weekend in April, he was talking to me about my mom because we were talking about my mother. My mother passed away and like we were, I was telling him about her. And just in our conversation, he said, well, when we get married, I'm going to do something special at the ceremony for your mom. And I was like, you know, I didn't even, it just, I, I, I didn't pay it any attention. I, I noticed it and I made a record of it in my head, but it was like, okay, right. all right. You were <laughs> like, used to people giving yeah. you these little, little treasures and then, re, you know, reneging on them. So right. I was like, so no big like, deal. I get it. I was I like, get it. oh, really? Okay. And I just, you know, just went back to sipping my drink and, you know, so I don't know if maybe, because that was a month after our first date. So maybe, I don't maybe know, maybe he didn't know. Right, maybe in his head he, you know, he might have felt like, okay, well, she's the one. Wow. Yep. You're a strong lady. You went through some stuff, and the book is good. The book is thank you. Good. It's called <laughs> thank you so Yellow much. Tulip and Red Buses. Where did you get the name? I mean, I know, but if you want to share a little bit, where does Yellow Tulips come from? Well, Yellow Tulips are my happy place. Um, mm-hmm. I talk about that in, in I talk about that in the book of you know sometimes just finding a quiet place and sitting alone and just imagining something pleasant and that pleasant thing for me is yellow tulips. I don't know why. I don't know where the color or the type of flower came from, but I just imagine that and it's just sort of calming for me. And then the red buses represents London. So that's how the that's where I got the title from. Okay. It's all the all the things that was going on that that were happening in my mind, and then London, those double decker buses. That's amazing. Well, this is a good story. It was a good read. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, how would we go about doing that, Adia? Well, I write under the name Adia Kamaria, which is my first and middle name. All of my social medias is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all at Adia Kamaria, at A-D-I-A-K-A-M-A-R-I-A. And then my email is Adia at AdiaKamaria.com. So it's, if, you, you, if you remember my name, uh-huh. 
No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I thought you asked a question. So it's everything is at um at Adia Kamaria, and then my email is Adia at Adia dot com. Are you working on anything new? I have been working on a sequel to Anna's Magic since about 2016, and I was I was doing really well until my daughter was born. <laughs> my daughter, I have a one year old, and I have not been able to. I just haven't been. I keep saying I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write at night when she goes to bed. As soon as she goes to bed, I'm I'm in bed. So I am, or I was working on a sequel to my first novel, Anna's Magic, and hopefully, I'm hoping that over the summer, since I'm a teacher and school's out, that I can continue. I can get some more of it done before school starts again. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming and sharing and just shedding light on. Um, you know, that whole relationship and your journey over to the other side and back and finding love. So I I just kind of wonder, had you not left to go to London and just stayed here, would you have found, you know, what, what you found after London? That That's an interesting little... Um, I'm not sure. I think it would have been... I definitely think Gavin and I would have... We would have... we would, You know, it would have been another again. You know, it would have been like... I think we would have somehow found our way back to each other again. But by now, I hope we would have been over. But I don't think it would have ended when it did because London was a big, I mean, that was that was really like the end of us. That was we big, tried yeah. to hang on to it a little bit, you know, when I got back. I mean, at least I did. I thought I was coming back to the relationship that I wanted. And just, so, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a nice something to think about. But um, I'm happy for you. You know, when we were uh, sitting and talking to Jennifer Lewis that, that Sunday, I know that she was trying to pick up your husband, <laughs> which is kind of funny. She kept commenting how fine he was. So congratulations. And Thank how, how you. long have you guys been married? We've been married for two years now. All right. Keep pressing on. You know, my co-host, Leslie. Leslie, how many years do you have under your belt? At the end of this month, it'll be 31 years. Oh, I love that. Like, I love to hear that. And my other co-host, I was going to say stay tuned for another conversation because I'm just thankful in these 31 years that I didn't have to stab him. (laughs) Don't be (laughs) silly. And Terry, Terry, share how many years you have under your belt. Yes, it's 29 years, Tracy. That is you awesome. Like, when I hear stories like that, I'm just like, oh, I hope I can say that one day. These ladies give me hope. I'm going to tell you, they give me hope. You that know, they awesome. have been in it for a long time, and I hope they've given you just a little bit of hope. You know, it's work. They will tell you. It is oh, yeah, work. it is. I already, yeah, I, I know that. Like, one of the things I found out about being married is that I feel like what I need from my husband now is totally different than what I needed when we were just dating and it's not because we're married, it's because we have a child now. So I feel like, I feel like everything was great when we were dating was awesome. It's still great now, but it's just, it's so different. Like what I need from him now is nothing like what I needed when we were dating. I just just need so much more. That's what Leslie and Terry say. It changes over time and Mm -hmm. you have to change with it, you know? Yeah, and it changes as the phases of your life change, as the children grow and become more independent. It will change. Yeah, what I mean, like what yes. I need from him now is 
It's going to also, like more the, um, the pendulum will swing also, you know, between responsibilities. There'll be one period of time where you're carrying most of the load. There'll be another period of time where he's carrying more of the load. So it definitely is a dynamic fluid situation. It's always changing. Right. It's a true partnership. Yeah, yeah and you have really, to be committed to it. Both yeah, sides you have, have to, be to be committed, committed to it and each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, this, this was great. Call. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I was a little afraid that it wasn't going to go so well since we already did it, but it was completely different than the last one. So that's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, I think it was. I think this one was actually better. There's those things again happening for a reason. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you again. This is Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. And this is Tracy Hind and Leslie Lee and Terry Saleh. You can catch our episodes, previous episodes on SoundCloud, or you can go to my website, Tracy J. Hines. T-R-A-C-I-J-H-I-N-D-S dot com and look for the blog and look for the podcast. Have a good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you.